As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be. Oh man, it's eight o'clock. And so that'll make it a. I don't need the spotlight. I shine just fine. Hi, I'm Karma, and yes, I am a bitch. Brav Bros. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brav Bros, your favorite podcast from the bros for everybody, for whoever wants to listen. I am your co-host, Steel Russell, joined, as always, by the one and only Shoots Magoots. Shoots, what's up, buddy? Not too much. We have a uh, short week this week, nice long weekend that we just came out of. Tuesday was a little rough, the most monday Tuesday I've ever seen. <laughs> well said. And uh, we've got football on the horizon tonight, actually. Well, I guess last night, if you're listening to this on Friday morning. And we got Bravo coming out all over the place. So it's a good time to be a bro. It, it's a great time to be a bro. And you know what? I'll double down. It's a great time to be a brav bro. Mm-hmm. And I'd also counter with, when's it not a good time to be a brav bro? I don't know. I don't think the limit exists. I've yet to find that time frame because thus far being a Brav Bro has been amazing. And to all of our Brav Bros out there, our Brav Bro G's and our new Brav Bros, welcome. We're thrilled to have you. But with that being said, if this is your first episode, click that little pause button for me. Go on back, listen to episode one, because we don't want you here now. We want you here later. Go through the catalog, if you will. Yeah, I like that. And we love to be binged. It feels very good to yeah, be binged. Just go go back and binge us. You know, we've, we've been told we're very bingeable. So Yeah. I mean, we blew up last week. We had, what, a TikTok that went off for 400,000 views like and 420, counting. 420,000 now, I It think. just keeps ticking up every time that we look. And <laughs> like you said, we have, there you go. Yeah, actually, yeah. And we have a lot of new listeners. And like Steele said, go back to the first episode, listen to us. And honestly, you're going to do yourself a good service by doing that because you're going to hear some off-the-wall takes that really don't make any sense to who we are now. I know. And that's just what Beverly Hills has done to us this year. It's honestly, and like I think genuinely to our listeners, like if you haven't listened to the first few episodes, like you really should because the roller coaster that I myself have personally been on, you've been pretty steadfast, I will say. Like you've adjusted here and there, but your overall like pillars have been the same. I've done a fucking 180 to the max to where, you know, I was a Kyle Stan originally. Now I'm like so far off that train. I was anti Sutton and now I'm totally team Sutton. My whole world's been flipped upside down. I've done a total 180. I don't know where I am. I don't know my name. Like I have to look at myself in the mirror and like look inward and try to figure out like, who are you? What happened? Like, do I like the guy that started watching Beverly Hills? Episode one, would I get along with that guy? I don't know. I don't He's know. We got to get those two guys in a room together. <laughs> Bravo's made me question everything, and I never expected this, but I'm, I'm, I'm working through it. It is kind of funny, too. And honestly, you said that you know my pillars have remained the same, and that's by sheer luck. I'm not going to lie. It is. I'm not going to sit here and say that I know the future, <laughs> but I picked a couple of good people in this show, and it has just stuck with me the whole season, and it's worked out really well for me. But I will say, I think the housewives could learn a thing or two looking inward. Like you said, you got to look inward, figure out who you are as a person and who you stand in this show. I think all the housewives should do that. Just look in the mirror and be like, who the hell am I? Yeah. What if, am I doing? If any housewives are listening right now, do yourselves a favor and think like the Brav Bros. Okay. Yeah. Take a look. Take a look inward. See who you really are. Because I've had to do it over this season. And you know what? I'm a better man for it. I smell some merch. <laughs> Look inward. <laughs> Be a bra, bro. Be a Look bra, inward. bro. Look inward. Maybe. We're going to have to start like 
selling some merch soon. Yeah, Self-aware I, kings. But yeah, you know, it was an amazing week, honestly. Um, just really fun to watch, really fun to experience. Um, you know, we talk about it constantly. We're texting back and forth. My favorite day is Friday morning because I get to wake up and kind of like see everything start each week. It's like kind of like the new episode drops and just seeing the traction and the response from all of our listeners, all of you guys is incredible. So thank you so much. You keep listening. We'll keep pumping these out. But um, we had a lot of uh, a lot of news pop off from the East Coast this week. There's some Beverly Hills news, but first and foremost, I wanted to talk about news out of Jersey. Apparently, in an interview, Joe Gorga alluded to the fact that him and Melissa are unsure about their future on Jersey. They may not be coming back. Now, with that news, what are your thoughts? Are you happy about that? Are you sad about that? Indifferent? What, what's going on in your head? I don't know what to really think right now. I think I'm going to put, because I really don't have an answer to that question as it, as it stands. But what I will say is we're seeing this kind of across the board where we're getting all these tidbits of information and all this drama kind of dwelling in the off season, if you will, of these shows. And what it's doing is it's drumming up interest for the show that will eventually come out. Now, I don't know when Jersey's slated to come out. We just found out what Potomac was and we'll get to that. And you've seen it across Bravo with all the different franchises. They will do something crazy in the off season, or there will be a report about something that happened during the season that will make us want to watch. Now, it kind of fell a little flat this year with Diana and the Aspen trip that seems to be never-ending. But I do like it because it always gives us something to talk about. It always gives us a little bit more interest in a show that's coming up. Now, I guess what I will say about that is I don't know really what the show's going to be. I mean, Melissa's, you know, Melissa, she doesn't do a whole lot. But if she goes against Teresa... I'm fine with keeping her there. Yeah. And I think Joe's very entertaining when Joe's, they do. Joe's fun to watch, just yeah. especially when you get all the house husbands together. Mm -hmm. Like, it's always a funny scene. Jersey does a really good job of showing the house husbands way better than any other franchise. I agree. Does. And I think it's also because those guys have such a genuine friendship mm -hmm. that they like to do their own thing and watching them do their own thing is fun versus like a Mo scenario where he's just inserted into the group of all the housewives. And mm -hmm. that's not nearly as fun. I will say, it does beg the question, everything you just presented, is Bravo having a hand in this? Is Bravo releasing like these dramatic kind of over-the-top situations that are happening across franchises? Like in the off-season, it seems like all this shit keeps popping off. Like that'll lead right into the next one mm -hmm. is from Vanderpump. And this is also a crossover, and we love a good crossover here between Vanderpump and Beverly Hills. Apparently... Garcelle's son, Oliver, has been hooking up with Raquel. Now, Raquel's already been in the news a little bit. We talked about her previously with Tom Schwartz. Is she now, or was she involved with Oliver, who has kids and is married? The, the rumors pointed to him hooking up with somebody. Now, if that somebody was Raquel, I'm not entirely sure. I do know that his wife came out on Instagram and like blew up his spot entirely. She went on a rampage saying, and not in a negative way, she has every right to go on this rampage, but saying, I'm getting divorced, we're getting divorced, I was told to keep quiet, and I'm assuming she was told to keep quiet for Garcelle's sake in this situation, but she airs out all of the dirty laundry. Now... My question is, was that girl that he was hooking up with, Raquel, was Raquel and him hooking up after the fact? Was this like a separated, they're not fully divorced yet, and they were messing around? I don't know. 
but it does paint a really interesting picture for next season. Are we going to see Oliver? Like what? I don't know, honestly. And I think that this happened in France. I guess it happened at yeah, Sir, Sir Paris. Paris. And all I really want to say about this, because usually you're right. I am the guy who wears the tin hat between the two of us <laughs> when I talk about hat on. Yeah, when we talk about our conspiracy <laughs> theories with Bravo and whether or not they have hands and you know the drama that happens. But for Oliver's sake, what are you doing? Like, I get it. If you're, you know, you're separated from your wife and you know, there's kids in the picture. If you truly are separated and like that's what comes out and you know you hooked up with somebody, okay. I mean, if that was kind of worked out with you and your wife, then that's fine. Who am I to say? But why in the world? Would you hook up with somebody from Bravo on the same network that your mom works for on a, obviously a different show, albeit, but you know, this is going to pop off in the tabloids because you were already in the tabloids when you were hooking up with somebody who wasn't on Bravo. So right. this is just going to further that fact. Like, what the hell are you doing? Get your head out of your ass. Don't, you know, maybe go fix your marriage if that's what you want. If it's not what you want. Then just lay low for a stay little out while. Of the headlines, yeah, buddy. It's not that hard. I stay out of the headlines all the time. Constantly. You've you've <laughs> done such a good job of it. You haven't been in the headlines your whole life. I know, it's great. <laughs> I think maybe the day I was born, but other than that, yeah. Well, buddy, we keep this up and maybe we'll get you a headline or two. That would be good. How about that? I'm gonna actively stay out of those headlines though. <laughs> but I'm I'm excited for the season of Vanderpump. I wanna see how that plays out. We got Tom Schwartz with Raquel. Like there's a lot of drama around Raquel, which is the only reason that she's had drama in the past is because of James Kennedy, but now she's kind of pushing her own narrative. So I don't know. I'm excited for that season. I'm excited for, we finally have a date for Potomac. We've been saying it soon over and over again, mm -hmm. but we haven't had like a, a strict date. We finally found that date, October 9th. There we go. At 8 PM. Now this will cause a moral conundrum. Okay. And We've talked about this in jest, I believe, you know, that we're going to have our setups. But this, what else is on at 8 p.m. on a Sunday evening during the Sunday fall? night football? Sunday night football. So it's time to put your money where your mouth is. I said I would have my setup one TV with the birds on, one TV with Bravo on. I stand by it. I will have dual televisions, football on one, Bravo on the other. Which one's going to have the sound? Bravo, probably. Bravo right? has to, yeah. Yeah. Bah, oh. That's a tough one, see? And uh, honestly, what I think it's going to come down to is... and Who's playing thank, on Sunday night? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, if we get a garbage matchup, which usually Sunday night's pretty good. And I don't know how many games the Eagles have. If that happens, then that's not really much of a question. But what I will say is, I mean, thank God that we record on Wednesdays. Because if you see me tweeting about Potomac monday morning just mind your own business i watched football the night before i don't need you guys commenting on it saying what were you doing last night you know what i was doing he was watching football yeah All or right. i was so tired and hungover from whatever the eagles did at one o'clock or four o'clock that day still mind your own business i don't want to kind of it. would love like a post eagles tweet from you like after you've kind of been going through it all day long especially like if you go to the game and you've been tailgating yeah. and then you watch potomac and you just tweet after like 30 beers down at the game <laughs> just like still either angry or happy you'll be able to tell pretty quickly what my mood is depending on what that first tweet about potomac is but yeah i mean we, like you said we talked about this it was you know it was a nice thought at first we're like oh yeah we've got football we've got bravo now bravo is like here Prove yeah. it. Money where your mouth is. Yeah, they're, they're going to test us, and mm -hmm. I, I will not fail this test. I will pass with flying colors. But I um, believe that. The last thing I wanted to touch on is out of Beverly Hills, and that is 
this Diana donation. So Diana donated 100K to a Lion Air charity fund. Now that's the airline that had the crash that was represented by Girardi Keese, the victims of that plane crash and their families were represented by Girardi Keese. And that is one of the major, major lawsuits against them for stealing those funds, for Tom funneling that money out into his own account for mm-hmm. personal use. Now, a lot of theories have been brought up around this donation. The first one that I saw was for tax reasons that Diana found some loophole where she can donate this amount of money and then she gets a tax break later on, which is, you know, sounds pretty standard for the wealthy, like mm-hmm. finding those little gaps so they can save some money. The other one I heard, and this, or this is kind of my own thought process, just because Erica is obviously in the, all of these civil suits. Is this a subtle dig at Erica? Is this a $100,000 dig? At Erica Jane? It could be. I mean, and I did see something from our, our good friend, Zach Peter. He did way more digging on this, which he's very good at. He saw that there was actually no charity fund set up for the victims already because they were getting paid out in you know, different lawsuits, whatever. So there was no charity fund built. Diana created her own charity for Lion Air. Really? And donated 100K I to it. I didn't see that. Yeah. That, so, see, that's way shadier. It's way shadier. And when you see the episode tonight, the timing of it is very auspicious. I noticed that. Yeah. And I mean, I, to your point, yes. Do I think that Diana could be making a subtle dig at Erica? Yeah, because I don't think she cares who she's going after. I mean, we haven't seen her go after Erica at all. It's been very buddy-buddy. But I mean, who knows where they stand now? Maybe something else happens. That is definitely a possibility. I think it's really just PR for her. And the funny thing is, Diana has done, I'm sure, countless shady moves in her life. Oh, yeah. And now she just did another one. And she probably thought like, oh, this is good PR for me. Nope. You've never had to deal with the Bravo sleuths that no. will dig into your story and make sure that everything's in the up and up. And if it's not, and if they snuff out something that happened on the show like we did, and we'll talk about that later. but she's never had to deal with something like that. So everybody knew and called bullshit right away. And we know what she is. We know who she is. So I don't know. I think it's a terrible move by her. Well, to like piggyback off of that, and I know we're going to like dive into it much deeper later, but just to touch on it, like we saw that moment where they're going over the earrings, the $750,000 earrings. And Diana's response in her confessional is like, well, if you care so much, why don't you take your earrings out and donate them? Mm -hmm. Which one is not even remotely the same thing. And two, it's showing that, like, put, now she says, put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. Now, was this a move, like, a week before this airs? Did she get nervous, or did her PR team be like, hey, we need to do something because you said put your money where your mouth is to these people, kind of questioning whether or not they should even donate or whether they should give the money back, and it makes you kind of look bad. So, like, she got out ahead of it, and she's like, well, I'm going to donate 100 grand. I'm putting my money where my mouth is. The timing of it is suspicious. Yeah. For sure. Which, you know, she continues to do sketchy shit because she's a sketchy person. Yeah. But I'm really curious what her motives were in this. Like, can we, I I doubt we'll ever get an answer. The one thing that you're right. I don't think that she understands like who the Bravo sleuths are. Like these people dive in deep to all of your shit. Like they will find, I, I never understand why people like Diana Jenkins like Jen Shaw, like Joe Judice, like why they agree to be filmed by this television show 
because it always comes out. All of the shit they're trying to hide, you get the Bravo people on it, like just Bravo fans, they're gonna unturn it. Like they do every single time. Yep. So what the fuck? Like, I just, are they, do they think they're, and this is where I think they might be like borderline sociopathic. I think they think they're smarter than the rest of the world, that they have hid their shit so well, they will not be caught. But you have not gone up against the Bravo army and they are really good at digging up dirt. Well, and to piggyback off of that, another thing that I saw from a pretty credible source, it was the Bravo bees who actually called out that there would be a altercation between Crystal and Erica on tonight's episode, which came to fruition. They said that there is a major, or maybe not major, but a cast member of Beverly Hills wants to announce that they are stepping down from the show before the reunion. Oh, interesting. Bravo is urging them to have some patience and wait until after the reunion. But in this tweet, they said, this person's ego is so big that they may just completely disregard all of that and blow it out of the water before the reunion. So I'll ask you, who do you think it is? Oh, there's so many ways to go here. There's so many egos on this show. Um, you know what? I'm going to go Kyle. Okay. I'm going to go Kyle because we've heard inklings that she may not be coming back or that she might be on her way out in the next couple of years. She, I think that her ego is different. I do think she has a big ego because I think that she believes that she is the real housewife of Beverly Hills. Mm -hmm. I think she is the end-all, be-all, like the front-runner of this show. And I think this year she's taken such a far step back that maybe she's seeing the writing on the wall that like she's not testing well with the fans. So this is her way to be like, fuck this, fuck everything, I'm out. But she's not as, I don't know, I... That's a tough one. I'm going to stick with it. I, I'm going to stick, stick Kyle. with Kyle. Yeah, yeah. Stick Kyle. And it's funny that you, you did say like her ego is a little different because when I read this tweet, I read it a little differently. Yes, Kyle has an ego, but when I think ego, and this might just be my own weird brain working, but when I think ego, I think like over the top, crazy, completely out of touch with reality. And obviously my first thought is like maybe Diana, but like that's not really that big of a story because everybody wants her the fuck out of there. So like go anyway, who cares? And then I thought, I guess it could be Erica because she has the biggest ego on the show, at least right now. And we saw that play out tonight, but I don't think she can afford to leave. Like that's her main source of income. Erica, that's yeah, the I, only thing she has going for her at the moment. I genuinely think she needs the money from this show yeah, to survive for sure. And so that brings me to my third choice, which might be my most logical. And I think it's Rena. I mean, we saw tonight she was a little more tame. Obviously she was a little bit more enjoyable. Yeah, Great. She's one for 18. On yeah, exactly. <laughs> but when it comes down to ego and when it comes down to Beverly Hills, that's who I think of. That's who comes to mind immediately. And I could see her just saying, kind of thinking like how Kyle does, where she's like, I am the housewife. I think Rinna thinks that she has run this franchise for years. And how dare they even consider pushing her out? And she might have that, I'm going to quit before I get fired mentality. Because there were already grumblings that maybe she's not going to be asked to come back. Maybe she's going to be pushed like kind of out in the next season. I think if it's her, she's going to get ahead of the curve and be like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm out of here. I'm going to blow it all up before your precious reunion, before everything happens. And that's it. Interesting. Yeah. I, I think that probably makes the most sense. I think that the wild card would be Kyle. Mm -hmm. And I think Diana would just be expected. Exactly. Yeah. That brings us to our new show. We got uh, some girlfriends in Paris, the real girlfriends in Paris, and I loved this show. I was delighted by it. 
Yeah, I mean, I was too. And it was for all of the reasons that we were kind of excited about Dubai. We get in Paris, which, you know, we didn't realize the reasons that we hated Dubai were because there's no public outbursts, whatever. We're not going to get any of that, any of those issues, rather, in Girlfriends in Paris. And it is nice. I mean, we talked about this beforehand, introducing a little more new blood into the mix with our Bravo friends. I think that might be one of the reasons why I liked it so much is that I could relate to these people more. Mm -hmm. Like, I understood what they were saying. I understood where they were coming from. They use similar lingo that I do. So that being said, we're talking about like, you know, 22, 25, 27-year-olds. Yeah, you're pretty hip. (laughs) That wasn't my intention. I was saying... Am I trying to feel younger by saying, like, I know the lingo? Like, I, I'm, hello, fellow cool kids. Like, well, I mean, no, <laughs> if you think about it this way, like, they are way closer in age to us than any of the Houseboy franchise. Yeah, no, but I, I just, I, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm trying to sound younger by no. saying that I know the lingo. That's all I'm saying. But what are your initial thoughts, like, off the cuff? What do you think of Girlfriends in Paris? I thought it was a little interesting. I liked the way that they kind of rather than doing like a formal introduction to each person which i feel like we kind of got with uh i mean relating it to dubai just because it's a new show you have like the individual person just kind of sitting down telling you what they're all about introducing you to their family and all these things this way it was just i mean the marquee person that's a french word by the way nice job uh you have anya just kind of walking us through and she refers to them as you know her five american children essentially yeah she's mama anya yeah which is fine i mean and i i think i might end up getting a little annoyed by her but i i don't want to jump the gun too much um but i thought it was nice it was it was a little more informal kind of more like a younger audience getting into all right these two girls are grabbing drinks we get to introduce ourselves to them and then two others are doing something else and then you kind of have anya just kind of like coordinating the whole thing so i liked the way that they introduced us and i off the bat, didn't hate anybody. That's, that's huge. That's massive, especially for you, because you're a cynical person entering these shows, and yeah. you, you usually have a qualm with at least one. At least. I will say, like, right off the bat, they go and, they're going food shopping. Anya puts her dog in the, in the food basket. I saw that. That really, I didn't like that at yeah, all. Like, it's like, knowing that people are putting their food in there. And you're putting your dog in there? Brav Bros versus Dog Owners Part 17. Part 17. And this one, the dog, actually, I didn't see any issues with the dog other than, like, her owner putting it in the basket. Like, the dog seems to be well-trained up till this point. Like, I haven't seen any shenanigans. I... I have my fingers crossed that maybe Anya knows how to train a dog. Hopefully. We'll see. But don't put your... Hey public service announcement don't put your dog in grocery baskets it's gross it's not sanitary no that's where people put their food that they're going to eat and i would imagine a lot of people don't actually wash their vegetables and fruits as well as they should i do but think about that if you put like an apple in a basket that a dog was sitting in you're not eating whatever the dog was sitting in no i I mean i i see people walking through grocery stores just eating grapes out of the bag Bingo. I've done it before, and then I was like, why am I doing this? <laughs> Gross. But people will just walk down the street. I mean, it's a classic movie scene. You walk down the street, you pay a guy, you know, a dollar for an apple, and then oh, you yeah. just eat the apple down the street. It's like, well, there's Quick a lot of shit going on, the on there. Yeah. Quick wipe on the shirt. Yeah, the it cleanest, should be fine. Yeah, the cleanest part of my body, my <laughs> shirt. <laughs> um, 
But we kind of dive in and we get to meet a whole group of um, new people. And it was it was fun. And it, I think that it could have been not good and I still would have enjoyed it because I'm so used to the dynamic of Beverly Hills right now because we have no reprieve whatsoever. Like, it's different than when you're watching a Southern Charm because it's a whole different setup. So I like the housewife setup. I like how the dynamics are. But to see that similar dynamic but with a bunch of women that don't hate each other right off the bat that have new and interesting stories like again the relatableness relatableness that works is that a word sure i'll take it the relatableness of they're looking for jobs they're dating they're young and in paris they're trying to figure out their lives and like not so long ago we were in similar scenarios so it's it's refreshing to be involved with that but we get to meet aja Casey and Victoria, um, and they're just going over their jobs. You know, one's an English consultant, or she's an English teacher, sorry, and um, would like to be an English consultant. Um, and they all kind of have the same story. They ended up in Paris because they didn't fit in. Like Victoria's from a small town called Sunnyville in Texas. I'm sure actually, you have a backstory. <laughs> I have not been to Sunnyville. I know where That's it is. It's shocking. I've been to many small towns in Texas, oh, yeah. but Sunnyville is not one of them. But she's from a um, small town in Texas, did not fit the bill, was not into the cookie-cutter lifestyle, and got out. We later find out that she was married at, like, 21 years old. Yeah. And that moved, whole debacle. Moved to Paris. With her dude, correct? Yeah. yeah. And then he was cheating on her with somebody she was going to school with. Yeah. Brutal but, situation Yeah, there. terrible situation. So she is now trying to figure out her life, you know, the aftermath of that. She's in her mid-20s now. She's got a pretty incredible job. She's the head designer at... Oh, Chloe. Uh, Coco Collette, I want to say. Coco Collette? Chloe Collette. Chloe Collette. Chloe there Collette. We go. It was a combo of the book. Yeah, nice we, job. we got it done. Good fist job. Bump. Give me some. Yeah. Uh, you couldn't see that. We just did fist bump. But um, so she's got a great job. And then Casey. Casey's the image. And then Aja is working actually remotely from, I think, New York City. Yeah, e-commerce. E-commerce, mm -hmm. and she is living in Paris. Her work scenario might be my favorite thing on the show so far. She's sitting at a handball game, and we'll get there like way later. She's sitting at a handball game crushing beers and hot dogs and like simultaneously on her laptop doing like actual business well she had a funny line too and she said i've been trying to email this person in my company and they're ignoring me so you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna ignore them yeah i don't think that's how that works no, that's not how but, it works you know i love the energy <laughs> oh yeah that's awesome energy. Yeah. she's great Aja is my favorite i think so far because i think she's going to be the most entertaining yeah um i like her vibes i like her energy i like that like, you're starting to see who these women are going to be. You can compare them to some of the people that we know, right? Like, is she going to be the Rinna of the group? Where oh, well, I don't even think we need to do that. I think we just, I think they deserve the respect of being themselves. That's I don't fair. think we need to draw comparisons. That's fair. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You have grown. Voice of reason. Holy shit. Shut me down. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, we go on from there, from those three kind of getting to know each other, letting us know who they are. And like, that's when we meet Anya's husband, Matt. I'm going to, here's my problem. I, can't, I have no idea. I know, right? You know what I'm going to say. How do you pronounce his name? Matthew. Oh, shit. Really? It's yeah. not Matthew? Uh-uh. Oh, see, this you is going to be the problem. You don't even use T's in France, I guess. I don't know. I, I, 
I heard sure her say it. that they don't use teas in France. No, I just made that up. But <laughs> that's one of those like you look in the mirror and just try to continue continuously just say it like Anya says it. And I think it's Matthew. Matthew. Ma- oh man, Matthew. this is what's going to be tough with watching the show is there's going to be a lot of French words and it's going to be hard to pronounce in the right way. And I really do not want to butcher them. Well, so you I'm- know what? Hand up. I actually, before watching this, did not really care for the French language. And after seeing, I think it was the scene where Aja's talking to her aunt, they were exchanging you know, back and forth in French. And I'm like, that's actually a pretty nice language. Hold on. You had a firm stance against French? Yeah. Because <laughs> they're snooty. Oh, my God. And I want that. And I want to start off by saying what I want is some waiters to be kind of snooty towards the Americans. Like, ugh. Oh, you Americans. were just like, ugh, tuh, tuh. They hate us. So, like, have you had have... to France? It's it's well known right. that the French people do, do not like us. <laughs> so if they're going to be sitting in a very nice restaurant and they say something in English with you an American see some accent, stereotypically French scenes. Absolutely, uh, okay. we already saw one with um, who you haven't gone through yet, but where Margot is talking to her father and she just whips out a cigarette. And she's like, you know, I, Dude, I need a new cig. They're all crushing <laughs> heaters in their house. Like they have these really nice apartments. And like we learned that Margot has her apartment because her dad pays for it. Dad has a cool backstory. Dad has a really cool backstory. Yeah. He owned a newspaper. He sold it. Like, he invested in Andy Warhol. Yeah. A bunch of like. Guess old, that one paid off. You think? <laughs> so he's like swimming in money. He's like Daddy Warbucks. And he. Nice. Thank you. Is shelling out for her lifestyle. I guess like the thing i did not like what she said he's like i give you two thousand every month for your apartment which by the way not very expensive no i thought that'd be way more to live in paris than that but her place is pretty nice two thousand a month for her apartment and she has the nerve the gall to be like i used to get 10 grand it's like what he's paying for you to live yeah what do you mean go get a job lady and like we'll see that play out with her brother milo later but I couldn't, but like how, if somebody said to me, here's two grand for your apartment, the last thing I would say is, well, it should be 10 grand. Well, here's the thing is, is it $2,000 towards your rent or, you know, just to live? I believe it's for the apartment specifically. Okay. I think he clarified like it's two G's for your apartment. So there's other money there. Otherwise she wouldn't be able to live. Well, yeah, for sure. But like not to the tune of 10 grand. Yeah. So she wants a better apartment. Now I will say. Did you get confused at all when they were going through, like, bouncing from house to house or yes. from bar to bar? Absolutely. And at the bottom of the screen, it said, like, what was the word they used? The seventh? Like... And, oh, man. See, this is, this is going to be the problem. And Denise? No, it wasn't that. It was. It was the fourth. Like, and it's like, a, I'm assuming it, it's either district or, like, street. It does mean district. Whatever it is means district. It's and, <laughs> and Denise. And Aron oh, Denise? Arrondisment. Ah, oh, damn it. I wasn't even close. Yeah, I know. That's Swimmy, I knew there wasn't, Swammy but Swanson. It was, yeah, and I was looking at it, and I'm like, every other time they did it, and I'm trying to think, like, what are we doing here? Do they have, like, designated locations, and they're keeping track of this? Like, what does that word mean? I guess there's, like, somewhere between, like, 9 and 12 of these, and then, obviously, you know, rabbit hole, figuring out, like, what's the nicest one? Apparently, the seventh is the nicest one. What's because it called it has, again? Uh, arrondisment. Arrondisment. I was going to say Aaron Denise again. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Arrondisment. But uh, apparently the seventh one is the nicest one to live in because it has 
uh, kind of like a lot of the old culture without it being too touristy. The fourth has the Louvre, and like the sixth or eighth or whatever has the Eiffel Tower. And How other do you things. remember so, this shit? I don't know. Elephant memory. Wow, but, that's impressive. But yeah, I mean, that was just the rabbit hole that I went down because I'm like, all right, if they're going to keep showing this on the screen, it's got to be somewhat important, right? It's got to be relevant. And I think it is because when they go to Anya's, she lives in the seventh, which is the nicest. So it does kind of make sense when you think does about it. Does it go like, by number? Is like no, it's one, not. It's all over the place. It's just random. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I, well, uh, that kind of plays into why I think I like this and like why I think this is doing a better job of what Dubai was trying to do. Mm-hmm. I am thoroughly enjoying just the Paris scene, like bopping around and like seeing the cafes they're going to, the bars. I do have a question because two of them in two episodes were two for two on bars named Brooklyn. Do they just name bars after like boroughs of New York? Is that like, I don't like, I thought the same thing. thing. I honestly thought the same thing. And then I, I didn't look this one up, but I have to imagine that Brooklyn isn't really from New York. I'm sure we stole it from somebody. That's actually a really, everything we have is such a good point derivation from whatever. But are we the idiots that like they, they stole our word? <laughs> yeah, French fries. Those are ours. Yeah, we but, made those. But I do think that it is like you said. You know, it's a little more illustrious. It's you know, it's Paris. It's a big city. Yeah. What it really is is New York. I mean, that was the draw for New York was all the money being thrown around. Yeah, that's a good point. And we loved that because you know, then we learned to enjoy the housewives until you know they fizzled out. But this is. You know, the Dubai thing was just like way too much in your face. This is a little bit more like these women are, you know, struggling a little bit to kind of find their place in the world and kind of, you know, develop financially, which I think we'll, we will see with Anya. Apparently, she's living too lavish of a lifestyle that she can't afford. But I think I like that like duality of wanting to live in the most expensive city in the world mm-hmm. and not being able to afford it. And like these are the things that I had to do. Oh, at the same time, I've got a group of, you know, five expats that are American that I really love, and we're all kind of learning together. I think that's a good dynamic for a show. Yeah, I agree, and I think it's going to be fun to watch it play out, and, like, we're going to dive probably deeper into this as it gets going um, for tonight. In episode one, I just wanted to touch on their dinner. Like, they have a Thanksgiving at Anya's, Mm -hmm. and I love, and we see in multiple scenes, home cooking. They all plate their food to make it look good. And like, I like that as some, I do that like every single yeah. meal and it's kind of, you know, might be nerdy, but like, I like to make it look good before I eat it. And then to watch them all do that every single time someone made something at home, they plated it. Like they were doing something on like guys, grocery games or something like that. So I'm yeah. like, big fan of that, but she makes this like, pretty amazing looking dinner for all of these women in her apartment. But what I loved was the banter, the back and forth, like Margo's talking about, she hasn't gotten laid in like since August yeah. and it's so not it's November. Like three, four months. Yeah. And she's just going on the table. Like when's the last time you fucked? When's the last time you fucked? like going one by one, asking all of these women. And they're all like the one, I think Emily's like, which is also funny, Emily in Paris, but yeah, I know Emily's like low hanging fruit. Like, it's been like, you know, like, She's like, what, like a week? And she's like, yeah. She's like, okay, next. And she's like, just takes a sip of her wine. I think it was um, Aja. And she just takes a sip. And she's like, okay, so today, next. And- yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you do get like a clearer picture of, and we will get a clearer picture of everybody moving forward. But I think we do get a pretty clear picture of, of Margot in the first two episodes. Like her 
I guess the way that she kind of carries herself and obviously the conversations with her dad and the way that she's just calling out all the girls at the table. And I love it. I think it's fun. Uh, one thing that I did notice and I was watching this with my fiance and she said, it's going to be kind of funny trying to film in these Paris apartments because they're all so tight. Like imagine a whole film crew, like the first couple apartments that we got into, they're really small corners. Mm -hmm. I mean, the fact that Anya cooks that whole meal in that kitchen as it is with that bird. It's impressive. She'd be good on uh, below deck. She'd yeah. be good in the galley kitchen. Absolutely. But I'm now I'm thinking about the crew members just stuck in these tight corners. Like, oh shit, something's going on over there. Let's turn all the way around to do this. I'd like to imagine one of them is out on Margot's little balcony where she keeps her groceries. You probably can't get in because the window's <laughs> broken. Just, like sitting there with a the camera, like knocking on the window, like, "Come on, let me in." <laughs> um. And then in like an episode two, you know, we just, we continue to learn more about these women and just kind of getting to know them. This one kind of leans more on the dating side of things. Um, we see Aja kind of opens up to her aunt later in the episode where she's talking about why she has issues committing to things and like why she's hesitant to dive into a relationship because when she does, like she gets rejected and then so she just walled off and doesn't give the guy a chance and like you said earlier, I love when they talk back and forth in French, actually. Like I, and I love when they were going back and forth and like half of it's in English, then they get half of it's in French. So the whole conversation flows in a way that was really, I think, pleasant on the ears. In my yeah, opinion. it was pleasant on the ears. And I mean, we can read. So that always helps. Yeah, the captions are a big help. Yeah, I, I think about, well, I, I, we turned the captions off just because it was going from French to English and they were like dropping the captions, bringing them back on, whatever. But um. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of interesting always to hear that because I've heard of the past, there are some ways to say things, some phrases to say things in American that just work better in American English mm -hmm. than they do in a different language and vice versa. So I guess when you are multilingual, you can do something like that. I'd love to be able to do something yeah, like that. Yeah, me too. It sounds fun. Yeah, me too. But I think the biggest takeaway, and this was actually at the end of episode one, and then it took... Um, more of a role in episode two was Victoria is actually bisexual mm -hmm. and she, I mean, apparently comes out pretty much because she said like her family doesn't know. And by her saying this on TV, like it's going to come out. So I thought that was actually really cool of her to say in front of the entire group and like put it out there, put herself out there. It's something that she's clearly been struggling with for a long time is like being accepting of who she is. And she's got a girl that she's been talking to from England that we actually get to see them FaceTime together. Mm -hmm. And I think this is why I'm going to like this show. It's just fun to watch. And this is going to sound kind of funny, but like you see it with Casey and the handball guy later, and you see it with Victoria in this scene, like they're in their twenties. Like they're, I guess Victoria's got more of a life experience because she's been divorced or so she's been through it. But like the giddiness of like, the unknown like they're not in their 30s yet they haven't been like through some major shit i guess yeah. again victoria has but like seeing the like just the the qualms of dating is kind of fun and refreshing because with the housewives you don't really see it you know you see them more they're either married or they're divorced and they're much more independent at this point they've kind of got their lives sorted out so to watch these women like you know struggle a little bit is so much more relatable. So I think that's probably why I enjoyed it as much as I did. Yeah. And I mean, I'll reiterate, like they are so much closer in age to the new 
I guess, era of Bravo fans, the people who are watching now, obviously like, yeah, we still love the housewives, but I mean, you and I talk about it, like you love Vanderpump rules. I'll do Southern charm summer house over one of the houseway franchise, because I will relate to things that they're Mm -hmm. doing, things that they're going through, what they're talking about. So this is kind of ushering in a new era, which is, again, we talked about this leading up to this. We talked about the importance of being able to successfully usher in this new era. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's less so more of the same and more so Bravo, at least being cognizant of that and bringing in this new era. And again, it keeps us happy because now we've got a lot more to talk about and we know that there's a bright future here. Did we think that we would like this show as much as we do? Probably not. I mean, we had our hopes. We said, but I think we agreed we were cautiously optimistic about agreed, it. Agreed, yes. And I mean, I, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised by how much I actually enjoyed watching it. Yeah, me too. I'm excited. Again, we'll probably, the more they get into like the drama and things start like getting hype, we'll probably dive into this a lot more. But I just wanted to touch on it, like knee-jerk reactions. And I'm excited. I'm genuinely excited for this show and like to see where it goes well one last thing i will throw in there i think i'd be a world-class handball player oh yeah can we talk about handball for a second it is a joke of a sport if anybody out there is a handball player this is not directed at you i'm sure you're great it is the shooter direct he's directing this at you i'm not this is not a personal attack i just look when i see handball but the problem is with this argument is most countries play handball. We are one of the few that do not. But we play hand-eye coordination sports. Absolutely. I'm just saying for us to take a stance against handball, which, again, I, you know, was it my favorite sport to watch? Absolutely not. Well, it is funny because um, I think last year or whenever the Olympics were on, Jay Cutler got in some hot water because he said he would be a world-class handball player. I think Jay Cutler would be a world-class. To, to argue a, that a quarterback in the NFL would not be a decent handball even player. Even at his current is, age. Like, he's retired, and he still has a stronger arm than most people. Yeah, I think that's ignorant for handball players to assume well, that a quarterback— the European handball people got outraged. Really? Yeah, they, they blew back at him, and they're like, come on over to a handball court, and we'll show you. And he's I like, wish he I did. absolutely would. Did he? No, he should have. No, he didn't. He, I don't think he left his ranch. But is this going to open us up to handball attacks to where we're going to pick so. up? Look, if you want us to come over and play in Europe, we will happily come over there and play handball. Absolutely. And by the way, if you spank us and we are not able to keep up, we will gladly admit it both to your face and on the air. I don't know if I will. Uh, you're petty, but I will. <laughs> <laughs> in the words of Catherine, you're a petty little bitch. But that takes us to Southern Charm. Um, not much really happened tonight. I don't think we need to spend too much time on it. I think the keynotes here would be the Paige and Naomi drama, obviously. Um, now, before we dissect this, if you will, what are your initial thoughts? Like, do you think that there are still feelings there on yes. both sides? Oh, okay. On both uh, sides? All right. I jumped the gun a little bit yeah, on that one. Could you let me talk, pal? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> no, I do. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I think that there are still feelings on Naomi's side. I feel like I feel like Craig has closed the door. He has a happy relationship. Again, another pleasant week of Craig and Paige. I love them together. They're so good together. And even, it, if, he can't, every, even if he's afraid to touch a raw turkey, I still love them together. That's fine. He still she, ended up helping. But I love that she was like, I'll do it. And just like oh. dug right in. It was great. Yeah. I thought that you might have some comments on the, uh, the deep fried turkey. I. Look, 
If you can do it the right way, deep fried turkey is delicious. The problem with it is most people do it the wrong way. They don't control the temperature. It's either overdone mm-hmm. or they spill the oil and light their house on fire. And it looks really good. A joke. That's like like people light shit on fire all the time because yeah. they drop the turkey in too fast. The temperature gets too high. Another public service. We're doing a lot of PSAs tonight. If you're going to deep fry a turkey, make sure you do it the right way. It can cause a lot of damage. But done right, delicious. Done well, I just wrong, love not. that they were talking shit on Craig. Everybody was talking shit on Craig leading up to it. Like, and he did a great job. Craig always thinks that he knows what's going on. Craig always thinks that he can cook. Craig always thinks this, that, whatever. And, I mean, was it easy to do that? No. I watched them like painstakingly try to put this contraption together to do it between him and Austin. Austin's questioning him the entire time. Yep. Shep jumps in, talks about it. Paige is even saying some things in the first place. And he does a great job. He and a, it, it looked fantastic. Yeah, looked I think well he did cooked. a great job. And to go, I guess, move away, because that's really the only other thing that happened that I even wanted to talk about. But more on the Paige and Naomi thing, I liked that Paige knew to sit down with Catherine about Naomi. Oh, yeah. Because she wanted to vent a little bit and be like, all right, is Naomi fucking serious? Because every time that she's in the room, she said Craigie again. Did she? I didn't hear that. Yeah, she did the Craigie thing again when he walked into the kitchen. Oof. She was taking pictures out back. We can talk about the Pilgrim thing in a second. But she, they were taking pictures out back with the sunset. And she was like, Craig, love. Craig, love. Take a picture. And Paige is like, is this bitch fucking serious? I didn't hear her say love. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's a, I put the subtitles on for these reasons. Yeah, I think I, I'm there's have always, to. Yeah, there's always some nuances that I miss out on. But For journalistic purposes, I'll turn uh, the caption. Yeah, down. it's definitely worth it. But Paige sits right down with Catherine, public enemy number one for Naomi. And starts venting. And obviously, Catherine's just like licking her chops at this. Yeah, like, she's got I all love kinds this. of ammo. Fuck Naomi. You're <laughs> right. Absolutely. Go after her. Do whatever you have to do. And it ends up being not nearly as big as I thought. I, I want to get your thoughts on this. But what do you think about Naomi actually going into a room full of people? And saying, hey, Paige, do you have a minute to go talk? It's, it's inappropriate. Like, it's just she... as inappropriate as her doing it to Craig at the dog party. Argue, I don't know. I, I think that's a little worse, but it's on the same level. It's just, you, you can't, and this might be the Charleston aspect of it. It's so small that maybe mm. like she has dealt with things like this in the past that way. I don't know. But to think that it's remotely acceptable to talk to your ex-boyfriend's current girlfriend and pull her aside with everybody paying attention, like that is 100% a text. Let's go get coffee. Wait till the next time you see her and you have the opportunity to kind of like pull at her shirt and be like, hey, like, can I talk to you real quick and like sneak off? But she's doing it intentionally to call attention to the fact because if she does that and everybody sees her make the effort to pull her aside and then Paige has a bad reaction, Naomi can be like, I don't know what happened. You guys all saw. I was trying to be nice. It's just setting herself up. So if it goes way south. She's protected, mm-hmm. but no, it's, it's bullshit. Like I'm trying, I was sitting with Dev and she's like, if any of this ever happened, she's like, I would lose my shit. Like that's not okay. And like me, myself, like flip it. I think I would lose my shit. Like it's all just so weird. It's just a weird fucking move. Like, yeah. And it does. It screams that you still have feelings. And like Paige, you know, New York Paige has no problem dropping the hammer and being like do you still have feelings for him like yep. she's gonna she's not gonna beat around the bush like we see the southern charm cast do like she's gonna come in hot she's gonna tell you exactly what's going on exactly why i pissed her off and ask you what your intentions are like flat out and naomi i mean she just says 
like the right things, I guess, but I didn't believe it. No, at the end of it didn't really make me feel like it was resolved at all. I thought that Paige, she dropped the bomb and then Naomi kind of responded in Naomi's way. And then at the end of it, it felt so fake with the, on Paige's part, you know, I want to know where you got that. Like, I want to borrow your clothing. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to talk shit. I want to get drinks and stuff like that. Like she started off the conversation by saying, you know, I don't, I never expected us to be close friends and go get coffee together and go get drinks together. But then she ended it by saying, I want to borrow your clothes. I want to get drinks with you. So like that was a little confusing, but I guess it is just Paige kind of putting an end to it. Maybe she just saw an opportunity to be like, all right, Naomi is kind of floundering a little bit. I don't think she means super unwell when she's going after Craig or going after me. So let me just end it and I'll kill her with kindness. Yeah, I think that's probably more what we saw. But um, I mean, other than that, nothing really happened. I, I'm looking forward to Southern Charms climaxes this season, like when we're going to see stuff like get resolved, blow up even more. Well, I think we did get at least something, at least an inkling as to what's going to happen with both Vanita and Madison not being invited. Good move on Austin not inviting Madison. Because now he actually has time to focus on Olivia and his yeah, relationship with her. Yeah. And they look good. They look happy together. That's awesome. You don't have the Madison cloud hanging over you mm-hmm. just because it's the Southern thing to do. Like invite them somewhere. No, fuck that. But Vanita getting left off was interesting. Yeah, I thought And so they too. didn't get a confessional from Vanita about how she felt. Now, this is two times in, what, four weeks that she hasn't been invited somewhere? Yeah. She would be in her own mind thinking like, what the hell did I do? Am I alienating myself? Whatever. But it looks like, and it was a throwaway comment last week on the bus on the way up to Albrass, where Austin said, are you just texting Madison everything that we're saying? Ah. So I think Austin has an idea as to what's going on, where Vanita is working for Madison as sort of like a little minion and feeding back to Madison. Madison doesn't give a shit about Vanita. She just wants to be in on the things and make sure that she's well-informed so that she can blow things up. Interesting. Take. So, well... And then scenes from next week sort of confirm that a little bit where they say something about like looking at Benita's phone and Madison was involved in that situation. So I think okay. a blow up could be happening. A climax could be happening soon and we need it. Now, you know, things got a little weird. Things got a little uncomfortable. Yep. They, everything seemed fine and copacetic this episode. Again, not a whole lot to talk about because of that. I will refuse, now we need some drama. I will refuse to talk about Naomi and Whitney until it's, it's tangible. No, but I liked Patricia's response to it. Like, yeah, what? Like, just baffled. Huh? Uh, why wouldn't she be? It, it makes my head hurt trying to figure it out. So I have refused to discuss it until there's more tangible evidence on the matter. I appreciate that, that. That's where I stand. I stand with you. <laughs> and that brings us to the main event, to the Rob Huh. And now that we have, like, thousands of listeners i need to hear a rob huff from somebody i have gotten zero support on the matter i haven't even gotten like a dm saying hey i said rob huh the other day nothing so somebody help i think they're waiting for me to do it and i'm not gonna do it i know you're not gonna do it i need somebody out there to do it okay somebody help me i need a rob huh give me one rob huh and i'll stop doing it because it's probably annoying at this point are you gonna create a fake instagram just so you can do it and be done with it do you think i'm above that no. No, absolutely not. I might. I absolutely might. I might pay somebody to be like, hey, say this into a microphone, and then I'm going to like tweet it out. But we are back in Aspen. We are on day two of what's apparently going to be a three-day trip. And 
we start out with Kyle, Rinna, and Erica are kind of waking up and going over the night before. And I watched the last like 10 minutes of last week's episode again, just because I didn't want to miss the beginning of this week. And I was in a good mood today. I was feeling good. I was excited to record this. And instantly, I was so angry watching this scene unfold again. And then it led into this week's episode. And I, I swear to God, I almost pulled my hair out when they were sitting there talking about what happened the night before. And Kyle can say with a serious look on her face that Sutton is doing mean girl stuff. Yeah, it's the most out of touch thing I've ever heard. And we went through the debacle of last week. I like, I in that moment was so confused. I thought I was taking crazy pills. I thought that I was like going insane. I'm like, am I watching the wrong fucking show? Have I been watching the wrong thing this whole time and I'm just going nuts? Like, how the fuck can you sit there and say that the unfollowing, it's about the unfollowing once again? It's like, look. You're talking about unfollowing a person on a social media platform versus calling somebody a C-word not once, but twice. With reasons. With re- yeah, with a whole list of reasons why that person's a C-word. And that's okay. But an unfollowing makes you do mean girl stuff? Like- it's crazy to think. And it's funny because obviously this was filmed, what, six, seven months ago? And we're just seeing it now. All I've seen for the last week is people calling Diana, Erica, mean girls. Yeah, and Kyle. Like that exact phrase, mean girls. For Kyle to sit down there the very next day and use that exact phrase is ironic in the worst way. Yep. And it's fucking just so, like I said, just so out of touch and just so there's no self-awareness in this group at all. And it's the common theme of the entire season. Not one person has any self-awareness. I mean, even to the point that Sutton is just apologizing out the ass at this point, she doesn't really have any self-awareness because she needs to just stand up for herself. I guess Garcelle has some, but for them to sit there and kind of decompress from the night before, not even mentioning the fact that Dorit had to leave the house because she felt unsafe and uncomfortable to go stay in. Yeah, get the fuck out of here. To go stay in the hotel with Diana. Because Diana loved that. It's a safer building. Uh huh. Yep. Like, she was definitely like group texting, whatever. I don't feel safe. I don't feel safe. Diana saw an opportunity. Come on over to Diana's place. Yeah. Come on over here. Diana will take you in. Mm-hmm. She's just like grooming her subjects. It, it sucks. It, and like Dorit's like the best target because one, according to many rumors online, they're struggling for money. There's some sketchy stuff potentially happening there. Who knows? Diana's got all the money. So, of course, Dorit's going to, like, sprint over to her hotel and claim that she doesn't feel safe. Mm -hmm. Like, I just, I can't see that being true when you are staying in a gorgeous rental home in Aspen surrounded by people you know. No, I took it two ways, actually. Because at first, when she said she felt uncomfortable, and then all the girls were sitting there, like, uh, with Kyle and Lisa and um, Erica just sitting there talking about it. I thought at first that Dorit felt uncomfortable being in a house with Sutton and Garcelle. I did too. And then she said she felt more safe going to the hotel. So which is it? Because I think it's a little bit of both. Oh, she said both. Oh, see, I thought that she... Well, no, I'm sorry. Kyle and Lisa had said that she felt uncomfortable. And they sort of drew... They alluded to the fact. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. To what what happened the night before. Right. 
maybe she's like, I'm in the wrong house. She felt like she was in the wrong house the whole time before she left. And she said something to PK, like I'm staying with Sutton, Garcelle and Crystal and Cherie. And PK was like, why aren't you staying with Kyle and Rinna? Like your friends. Why are you staying with these people? Option C, Diana's, Diana's got a hotel room. I'm going to go over there. That'll be fine. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to act like I feel unsafe because I'm still, I still have PTSD from the break-in and I can use this as a crutch to go over there. Watching all, like just watching this scene and I could honestly, like we have to move on from this because I could talk about this one scene for the entirety of the rest of the episode Mm -hmm. because it was that unsettling. I was that pissed off about it, but we move on from there. There's a bunch of back and forth, like the whole, we're jumping from place to place. Everyone's just pretty much getting ready to go skiing is what it sums up to. And we see, like, I love the ski outfits, you know, big fan of ski outfits, but of course, Dorit, who doesn't ski, she hasn't gone skiing in 20 years, rolls in with a Fendi helmet. Mm-hmm. Why? To match her Fendi pants. But why? They just why? That's like the dude at the municipal golf course that pulls out the $2,000 fitted clubs and shoots a 130. Yeah. Like, that's the perfect comparison. Don't spend outrageous amounts of money for things that you don't do, for things that you are not good at. Like that just, you wore for, what, four hours maybe? Because maybe. you went down the hill once. And it took her four hours to get yeah. to the bottom. Like, and when she gets down there, like, are you kidding me? I'm so proud of myself, you guys. I am so proud of myself you didn't just conquer everest you went down a bunny slope and didn't and fell a couple times you, you slid on your ass down a hill and you want everyone to be like oh my god good for you like you faced the mountain you won dorit yep. up top you loser like <laughs> now it was pleasantly surprising to see that crystal Rinna, and kyle were actually really good at skiing and crystal yeah. was shredding yeah crystal was flying and she even took it as a competition which again we want a little more crystal. We got a little more crystal towards the end of the episode, I but like we want crystal. a little more crystal. And for her to see this as, you know, this is a competition. The other two girls that I'm behind or that are behind me, they're moving pretty quickly. They look pretty good. I want to be the first one down there. I love that. I love yeah. the competitive spirit. Absolutely. We need more of that. How she came in later in the episode. This was a good crystal episode overall. But we also have the snowmobile crew that went and did their own thing. And this is the most awkward van ride in the world. But. They end up actually having a decent time together. We got Cherie, Garcelle, Sutton, and Erica, and the most chipper snowmobile instructor in all of Aspen. Oh, yeah. Jesse was so jacked up. Are you guys ready to do this? Are you ready to get out there? And the whole time, Sutton's just over there playing with the animals, (laughs) not paying attention, doesn't really care. But I think that what happens is you get Erica to get away from the core group. She comes into the other group. She's not nearly as bad. She's not nearly like, I don't know, like provoking. Well, she doesn't not... have backup. So I think yeah. she has to kind of like tread lightly and not be a total dick. Yeah. And I thought it was really funny when she got into the, uh, into the van. Everybody just put their sunglasses on. Yeah. And Garcelle's were so like big and blocking. <laughs> the first thing I thought of was uh, the kid in the vine who's like, I just got my hater blockers on. I'm blocking out the haters. I love that. And that's like, that's fucking call. great. And it ends up being a pretty pleasant time and you actually get to see what we've been talking about Sutton saying I like you like in jest like shut up I like you and Erica coming right back I like you too we just have to work on her shit yeah and that's like it goes to Garcelle's confessional and she's like they would get along they are similar like the difference is Erica's way more brash and like mm-hmm. over the top 
But as far as like being opinionated and being from the South and like having like minds, like they're not that far off. They should be able to kiki together without it being so dramatic. And that's what Garcelle said. Just drop the shit, like cut out the bullshit and you guys would probably get along really well. Yeah. But I think the best part of that scene is that just adds more fuel to the fire for your claim of Erica coming to Sutton's defense eventually against Diana. And like, we might, we, we, it, they were so close. There was a couple times tonight where I was like, oh my God, oh my God, it's going to happen. And like, especially at dinner, I thought it was going to happen. Yep. It was close. I almost gave you partial credit, but I can't, I can't give it to you yet. We got to see how it plays out. No, I think if Diana had said something about Sutton's dress and like showing her boobs and Erica came back and just said, no, that looks really good. That, that would have been counted. great. That, that would have counted. counted. Yes. But, but she did compliment, like Sutton walks in, and we're not at dinner yet, but when she did walk in, Sutton looks at Erica and like goes, huh? Eh? Like kind of points, and Erica goes, looks good. Looks good. It's nice. It looks pretty good. The, everything's there. The writing is definitely on the wall. I mean, I, I want it to happen so bad. If nothing else comes from this tumultuous season, at least that could come true, and I would be so stoked. The main conversation between Garcelle's crew is about the earrings. We're back on the earrings, which, of course, we know more about because it's been transpiring in Mm -hmm. real time. And this is obviously way back. The sentiment amongst the majority of the group, including, we find out later, like Kyle and that crew, is that they want her to give them back like it or at least show some remorse show remorse but like the easiest way to show compassion and remorse is just to give them back they're Mm -hmm. worth 750 grand and that money can go to one of these afflicted families whether you're guilty or not that just shows you're not an asshole i like that she inflated the price too like she got the price for way higher yeah 1.3 and garcelle goes her earring yeah like like, no that's just the value total yeah but don't tell people that right now and she had them with her in Aspen. That was the most baffling part. Yeah. Like, are you idiot? So tone deaf. And Garcelle had already talked about it on her reality show. And she was had some feelings about, like, all right, you know, this is going to come out in the next week or two. I should probably get ahead of this. Just let Erica know, like, hey, we talked about this. Then after she has a conversation with her, she's like, fuck no. I'm not telling her. I don't, I don't have to give her a heads up now. No, because- I'll blindside her because it's not really blindsiding anymore. I let her know how I feel and where my stance is and what I would do in her position. So when it comes out next week on The Real, I don't give a shit what she thinks. Well, she's sitting there going through her like list of just expensive shit yeah. that she still has. And Garcelle goes in her confessionals like, don't talk about this stuff right now. Like, how tone deaf can you be? You are in civil suits right now that are concerning money and use of stolen funds to afford your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You are going through the inventory of what that money was used for. Yeah. And her, her argument later on was like, like 15 years ago, like, yes, for this amount of money to have been stolen, this is a very long con that this man mm-hmm. has been running. So whether it's 10 years ago, five years ago, or 15 years ago, you have to assume that that is dirty money. And if you're out here on TV airing out your dirty laundry via price tags, you're going to get shot in the foot. Well, now I do love the, di- the dichotomy in that exact scene with maybe the richest housewife on the show. Well, maybe not uh, with Diana, but Kathy pulling up that I bag. I think Kathy has more than Diana. You think so? She, I, we're talking about the Hiltons. Like, well, I think Diana's got a lot of like black market money that okay, maybe careful. isn't showing up. Careful, I know, I know, I know. I'm not saying she does. <laughs> I'm just saying there's a possibility there. 
but Kathy pulling up that that beach tote that she definitely like took from some store that she's just carrying all of her belongings in. I love in. that Kathy does. She, I love that she can yeah. sleep in a bunk bed. I love that she can bring around a tote bag. And I hate that Kyle has to point it out all the time. I know. And and the other like pointing out the shoes from the like, like the hotel it, look, to the airport. Are they embarrassing? To yeah. some degree, sure. For a Hilton to be walking around an airport in that wardrobe is something you don't think that you would see. All right, fine. But it shouldn't be a two-day thing. Like, when you see her, it should be a reaction like, dude, you really wore that? Like, Kathy Hilton, you can't wear that in an airport. And by the way, Kathy Hilton can wear whatever the fuck she wants. Mm-hmm. But leave it. You're done. You, you commented on it. You commented on the shoes. Let it go. Yeah, let her sleep in her bunk bed. Let her sleep till noon if she wants to, and she'll meet you guys later. Who cares? Yeah, stop bugging your sister, bro. Like, get out of there. But dinner blows up. A little bit. It gets kind of settled because I guess they don't want to cause a scene. But when Garcelle's questioning Erica, she <laughs> Erica says, "Do you think they're stolen?" And Garcelle goes, "I don't know. Maybe. Maybe they they damn well could be." And then mm-hmm. she gets her. Then she starts enunciating, and that's when you know you hit a nerve. Yep. She goes, "How dare you say that?" Now, what did you think about uh, Mauricio on the trip? I He's tagging he was, along a lot. I think he was stoned the entire time. I think he was quite clearly stoned at dinner. Oh, absolutely with that. And, but marvelous hat. Oh, tremendous hat. Yeah. I thought his attire was was fantastic. Oh, yeah. I he thought looked, he looked good for he skiing. Looked, he looked good for everything. Aspen looks good on Mo. Yeah. You can't deny it. You know. Especially like, why... when he's sitting there talking about sausage with Dorit. Oh. I don't know. But I will say, like, why if you're Mo, why do you want to be at dinner with these women? Wouldn't you rather just go do your own thing? I would imagine hang out. that Kyle probably, I think that one was like, yeah, come to dinner with us. Like, like show up, like you're here with us. I, I think that's more of a support thing where he's just like, yeah, that's probably why he was so stoned for dinner. Just like, all right, well, stuff's probably going to blow up here. So I'm just going to get really baked yeah. <laughs> and go eat some Italian food. That's not the worst evening. No. And we saw it when he was walking in and the like, 20 year olds holding the door and he goes my <laughs> yeah. man my man i was like oh yes mo good for you buddy just really jazzed up to be out there but dinner ends without like a major public outburst and they get back to the house and everyone's getting their pjs on we see a different side of Rinna than we've seen all season and this doesn't vindicate her from anything that she's done but She's popping out edibles. She's trying to, like, literally doing what she can to get the room to calm down. Yeah, and to dance and to have fun. Yeah, to just party a little bit. And, like, she even says, like, it's so dramatic, which is hysterical that she's the one to say that this Mm -hmm. season's been so dramatic, but whatever. She just wants everybody to have a good time. And I thought it was hysterical when Cherie was eating a gummy or I guess it was like I think a it was like a blueberry. The way that she described it, I had no idea what it was. It was chocolate something. Something with blueberries weed, and chocolate. It's a weed chocolate. Yeah. And she's like, it tastes like weed. It's like, are you already stoned? <laughs> of course it does. No, I did. I was wondering, like, towards the end of the episode, when you see them all kind of like huddled up on the couch and like laughing and doing whatever, who actually ate it? Because I want to know if Sutton ate it. Because she was like they, hair over her face, like giggling to have eaten it. I, yeah, I think they were all on the same boat and loved that for them. I think one half of the room was on an edible, and the other half of the room was on tequila. Yeah, that's what the vibe I got was. I love that Kathy continues to use this as a way to pitch her friends. 
tequila. She says word for word the same spiel she gave previously. Was it her friends? I thought it was Paris and Nikki's. And then she also oh, invested. It is, yeah, you're yeah. right. So it's, it's her family's. Yeah. And I just, like, they do the side by side where she's saying the things back and forth. Back, and it's literally the same speech she already gave. And nobody really wants the tequila, which I actually kind of felt bad. I was like, just someone, like, somebody just try it, please. It down for, yeah. for her sake. Like, Don't start yelling no at her as soon as she starts pitching it. Like, yeah. just, just do it like, and she'll stop. Just try it a little bit. Yeah. But, but of course, we cannot have a drama free evening. We need things to pop off. So Garcelle calls Erica over to the bar. She calls her over and they start questioning her about the earrings. Why are you not donating them? And then Crystal, we see Crystal just questioning, why are you not giving them back? Like, regardless of the scenario, like, the right thing to do is to give these earrings back. And Erica is just leaning on the legal process. She's leaning on the law. She's not being able to look through this and understand why the right thing to do is just to give them up. No, I think that she showed her true colors. I think, like you said, yes, she's been leaning on the law. She's been leaning on the due process and talking about like the court of public opinion versus the actual court. And we're talking about the court of public opinion now. Yes, I agree with that. But towards the end of it, when you start talking about like, I'm worried about me, you should be worried about me, Kyle. She says, I don't give a fuck about anyone else but, but me. me. That is, that's her true colors, though. She doesn't care. This is not about the legal process. She's not like evading some sort of issue that she might fall herself into talking about something that she shouldn't be talking about outside of the court. She only cares about herself, and she wants those earrings, and she's not giving them back because you know what? She loves them, and she wants to fucking rock them because she likes to rock really expensive things we saw it at dinner she likes having expensive things that's her lifestyle it's expensive to be me babe. yeah and just like having at least an ounce of compassion for the people who did die the people who did get screwed out of money that that's factual that happened and, and she said maybe it's not facts she We're, starts to question the validity of the victims yeah it's literally the worst thing you could do for a multitude of reasons one morally speaking it's just wrong Two, and most importantly in her mind i would think what do you think this does to your civil suits when this shit comes out public do you think that these lawyers aren't going to take this footage and be like she doesn't even care yeah like, well who needs a character witness when you have this yeah they're going to obliterate her in the courtroom mm -hmm. because of what she is saying like, and we did see it a couple weeks ago at least just one little throwaway comment that she made when she questioned if there were victims. She said, oh, were there victims? I don't know. And like, that what? stunned me then. I never thought that she would double down on it. Oh, she doubled down and Tripled, more. quadrupled, yeah. quintupled. But I think that she, tonight, she just shed all of that, I can't say anything because of the court, and showed, this is how I truly feel. And Fuck them. They're not me. This is how bad it is, what she said. She got Kyle involved, and Kyle was saying, you need to stop. I can't defend you when you're saying stuff like this, which paints another crazy picture for me because that's pretty much saying, I will defend you regardless of what you do. I will defend you to the end of the earth no matter what you're saying except for this. That means that she doesn't really care whether Erica is right or wrong. That's what I get from this. She mm -hmm. is just going to defend her blindly. And the only way you can draw that line in the sand is questioning hundreds of victims that died in a plane crash and their families. 
I don't mind. know. I, I had a different vibe from that. With I actually do think that Kyle felt for the victims. Like, no, you can't say these things. Like, I, 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 yeah. And she got worked up. She was pretty emotional. And it wasn't because my friend is doing something wrong for herself. Like, she's going to hurt herself in the end. Maybe Dorit's was a little bit. But I thought that Kyle's was straight up, like, emotional for the victims. Thinking, like, no, Erica, people died. Like, you can't say that. And you saying this makes you look deplorable, and I don't know, you know how I can continue to be a friend with you if you're going to say things like that, because that's not how I feel. Like I said, maybe I'm hypersensitive. About the Kyle thing, yes, but I think you are onto something with Dorit. Dorit, yeah, Dorit, because she wasn't nearly as flummoxed by the mm-hmm. whole thing. Kyle did have a pretty big outburst on the whole matter. I thought it was hysterical that the main focus of Kathy during this is that Kyle said fuck. Yeah, <laughs> watch like, your language. Don't say that. And Kyle goes, "Oh, sorry." And then continues <laughs> like, without oh, my, cursing. My bad. My bad. My bad. Let me let me clean this up. But Rena's the one that like drags her out, and to see these women who we have seen take Erica's side blindly the entirety of the season to at least have the sense in this moment to be like, "All right, this is bad. This is wrong. We need to put an end to this." and shut her up for her own sake, for our sake, for everybody involved's sake. Let's just get her the hell out of here. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's what we've been waiting for this whole season is, yeah, I mean, was it really like a fracture in the friendship of the core four friends? Not really, because you see them like defending her in the sense of like, let's get her out of here before she continues this. Time out real quick. I will say, because the Dorit thing, she does say at some point she's going to have to take responsibility for the things she's saying. I will give Dorit that little... Just like, a little bit, yeah. Just a little bit, but not too much credit. Just a little teeny bit of credit. Yeah, no, it would have been nice if everybody in the room, and I'm happy Sutton stayed out of this, but it would be nice if everybody in the room just bared down on Erica and said, you can't say that, and then she lashes out, because then she'll leave by herself. Yeah. Didn't see really Diana doing anything? No, Diana's the one that says, put your money where your mouth is, and we mm-hmm. covered that. But she, in that moment, by saying that, she's taking Erica's side. Yeah. Period. Absolutely. She has nothing else to say about the matter. Yep. She's Team Erica all the way. And that's why we see that $100,000 donation come out. That's mm-hmm. 100% why that came out, because she realized, like, shit. I didn't this, do enough. Yeah, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. I arguably sided with Erica, who looks horrible in this. And I'm sure, like, her publicist was probably like, dude, we got to handle this now before this gets out there because you don't look great no and and to turn it around on and i forget who said it but to turn it around on crystal and garcelle and i've seen a couple people saying well the way that garcelle was coming at erica was wrong like no it wasn't not even kind of she had backup too with crystal and that helped because they are in this sense i mean you would imagine that most people would be the voice of reason at Mm -hmm. least being moral and they're sitting there just going at her and for somebody to say, oh, well, if you have such a problem with it, why don't you donate something of yours to the fund? That's why don't not the you same spend? Thing. It's not. They're not involved, really. And the, and they're these, just you, trying to get this woman that they work with, that they're friends with, essentially, to show some remorse and have a soul. And they're not getting through to her. She just doesn't care. Even more so to the point where she literally just shows who she actually is. And she doesn't really have a soul. She just cares about herself. But most importantly, the earrings that those women are wearing are not purchased by fraudulent funds. Mm-hmm. They're not, it's not even remotely the same thing. Nope. They can still donate to the cause, but there was not a charity to donate to until Diana fucking did it herself. Yeah. And then do I want to donate to a Diana charity? Absolutely no. not. Where's, Where's that money going? No clue. Probably to her ghostbusters. 
Oh, all right. That's fine. <laughs> going to get yeah. ahead of the curve on this one. Nope. No, no, no. No cease and desist. Definitely Ghostbusters. <laughs> and that brings us to the question portion of the show. As you know, um, some of these usernames are hard to read, so I will do my absolute best not to butcher them. If I do, feel free to reach out and tell me I did, and I'll try better next time. You would think that you would vet these first. Well, they come in like as we're recording. I know, but like at least take a glance and be like, that's an easy one and a good question. But a lot of the good questions are hard to read. I like Usernames. That. All right, I'm just going to go for it. Slecky. <laughs> S-L-E-K-K-I-E-E. Slecky. Boink, Mary, Kill, Diana, Rinna, and Erica. That's a good one. We sort of did this. I think that Rin is a new one. Rin is a new one. I think we edition. did Diana and Erica. Um, kill Diana, Boink, Erica, marry Rinna. I think that's the only answer. Oh. Wait, I, you want Diana's money? Are you going to no, marry no, no, her? No, no, no. Diana, Diana is not. She's unalived, okay. as they say these days. Yeah, I like that. Um, Rinna and Erica, that's the tough one for me. Rinna seems to have a good home life with Harry Hamlin, so I think I'm going to take the same route as you. I yeah, think, I'm I think going, that's the only answer. Yeah, probably. From Absweiler. Ab, A.B. Swiler. <laughs> Absweiler. <laughs> Fuck. It's absolutely horrible that Rinna called Sluttin' Sluttin'. What are your thoughts on that? Did you see that Wait, post? Wait, did she say Sluttin' Sluttin'? She commented. Well, no, no, no. But did the question call Sluttin' Sluttin'? Oh, no, that was my bad. Freudian slip oh, by steel. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Rinna called Sluttin' Sluttin'. What are your thoughts on that? I, I hate that. It was like, to take the time to comment on a post this far removed from the season just shows that you haven't grown at all. Like no. The fact that she can watch herself through these terrible episodes. No, and it sounds like Sutton is in a good place with Sanjeet, too. So, I mean, they're yeah. Oh, yeah, officially yeah, they're dating like a, now. And they're FBO, Facebook yeah, official. I like that. And our next question, and ooh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in on this one. CK and W, how do you defend Garcelle's two years of her attacks on Erica? It's nonstop and I'm over it. CK and W, what show are you watching? Are you kidding me? Yeah, I don't, I don't know where they're coming from with this one. I, but again, I see a lot of people that are against Garcelle and I don't really get it. Especially this season. I think that Erica deserves everything that Garcelle's been doing to her. If you want to put it in that way, I wouldn't even do that. Just all of the actions that are pointed towards Erica are results of her own actions. Yeah, what, what is she attacking? The fact that Erica is withholding 750 grand from victims? Like, how on earth can you watch that scene and think that that's an attack on Erica? That's just calling out something that is going to be brought to attention because Garcelle is on the reel and it was a topic on the television show. And also, it's the elephant in the room. Everybody's fucking talking about it. When it gets down to like the nitty gritty of it, Kyle brings it up. There's an article about it. It says that you refused. Dorit says you refused to give the earrings back. That's what they're claiming. Like you need to handle this is what they're pretty much saying. That's not an attack. That's Erica fucking up and Garcelle being like, what the fuck? So yeah. CK and W, I don't know what show you're watching, but it's not the show that we're watching. Even that, I mean, even if you want to gloss over that, if you're going to say, okay, that's justified, and you want to throw in some of the other things that Garcelle's come at Erica for. I mean, her drinking in the beginning of the season was bad. Did she do I come think at that, her? Yes, kind of. Do you think that Garcelle would have not stepped in had Erica not cursed out her son while drunk on tequila? Maybe. 
but she cursed out her son while drunk on tequila. Yeah, of forget. course she's going to step in and be like, Erica, you've been drinking. You bashed your head in, apparently, the night before. You cursed out my son. Like, what the fuck's going on? That's valid. That's 100% valid. So CK and W, thank you for listening. We want you to keep listening, but we do not agree on this. And that's okay. And that's fine. Everyone has their own opinions, and they're entitled to that. From Tori McCown, which SLC housewife do you think will be Scooter's favorite? (laughs) Oh, that's a good one. I like that, Scooter. Yeah, Uh, tell me. Ooh. Ooh, I really like this one. I don't know. I don't think Mary's coming back. Mary Cosby. Okay. But she would probably have been your favorite, not because you would have liked her, but just because she's the alleged cult leader. Oh, fuck, man. And she is so intriguing because she's, like, from a different planet. It, it's, like, it's the most bizarre thing I've seen on any of the Housewife franchises because she doesn't make sense half the time. There was one episode where she's, like, recapping to somebody. I forget who she's talking to, but... She's talking about two members of her church careened off of a cliff in their car and died. And she goes, she walks in and they're like, oh, how are you, Mary? She's like, oh, you know, not great. Like two members of my flock drove off a cliff. Period. They go, are they okay? No, they're dead. And then normal conversation. Did she refer to them as her flock? Was that a normal thing? I believe thing? she said her flock, oh, yeah. Fuck, well, man, if, you, if you watch the scenes in her church, it's very culty. Yeah, I'm going to have to go back and look you at that one. You need to go back. But let's not gloss over the question. Current housewives. Current yeah. SLC housewives. We'll see if it rings true. Then I'm going to go with Heather. She's okay. my favorite. She's like fun. She's funny. She's the most normal of the group. I think you'll like her the most. Like just enjoy watching her as far as like drama starting and stuff like that you'll probably lean more towards like meredith or lisa probably meredith she's like more of the shit stirrer because she's stubborn as hell but heather is just a blast i i enjoy watching heather more than a lot of the housewives so i think i'm gonna go with and i know we don't think alike so this might be totally off but i think heather but definitely if mary was still on it and i'm not sure if she is or not but if she is, then Mary's going to be your favorite. Well, I do like that I'm going into both SLC and Potomac clean slate. Yep. So Buckle I'm, I'm going to have some very interesting takes, and I'm going to be so wrong in so many regards. But I'm unapologetic. I don't give a shit. You know, you guys are going to have to deal with what I say. Yeah, that's kind of, you know, part of being a Brav bro. Yeah. We get into these shows later. Like, we are fully entranced in all of it mm-hmm. once we are into it. But, you know, our opinions don't align all the time because we don't have the backstories. But I do have the SLC backstory, so I'm really pumped to hear your take on all it. Right. I have the Potomac backstory, so I'm, that's my favorite. Like, the fact that we get to at least follow up Beverly Hills with two of my favorites is... Like, I, I'm just trying to keep trucking, dude. I'm just trying to get through these last few episodes to the Football reunion. will help. Football's definitely going to help. It's mm-hmm. going to make this a lot easier of a process. But that's all we got. That's all I got. Um, be sure to continue to follow us at brav underscore bros on Instagram, at brav underscore bros on Twitter, and at brav bros no underscore on TikTok. And... By the time this comes out, we will have already announced our winner for the Tom Sandoval and the Most Extra tickets. Um, their show is in San Diego on September 11th, so this Saturday night. 
or is it Sunday? Sorry. Sunday, Sunday night. Um, so to our winners, we don't know who you are yet. Congratulations. You did it. Make sure, <laughs> make sure that you tag us, please. We want to see some of the, some videos, some stories of the show. Um, we have a lot of really exciting news, like in the works that we can't share with you yet. And it's killing me not to leak some of this stuff because it's pretty fucking cool, but I'm biting my tongue. But just stay tuned because things are kind of jumping off for us and it's really fucking exciting. And that's all thanks to you guys. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you guys very much. Yeah, I mean, I hope you guys enjoyed the super episode that we just presented. We had a lot of fun doing it, that's for sure. And we'll, uh, we'll be back next week. We'll have a good lineup, Girlfriends in Paris. Beverly Hills, maybe it's the last episode in Aspen. It has we'll to find be the last out. Aspen episode. Hopefully, some Southern charm drama, and you know, this is going to be the new norm moving forward. We're yep. gonna, we're pretty excited for it. Yeah, I'm pumped. It's time to shake shit up. But that's all we got tonight. Brav Bros are out of here. See you next week. Bye.